Please, please open your Bibles to Ruth chapter 4. We're going to be reading in uh, Ruth chapter 4 today in our Seeing Christ in All of Scripture series. And I'm really looking forward to reading this last chapter in the book of Ruth together with you. And so let's read Ruth 4 together, beginning in verse 1. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friends, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. And then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here, and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one beside you to redeem it. And I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. Also, Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together filled up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may His name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Minadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse 
father, David. Let's pray together. The title of the message is The Line of Christ. The Line of Christ. Oh Lord, as we look, Lord Jesus, and see the genealogical line by which King David came to Israel and then King David's greatest son, You, our Lord Jesus Christ, we marvel and we see how beautiful You are and how beautiful Your Word is that in a small book in the Old Testament, Lord, that You would zoom in and capture the story of a family in Israel like this and show us how You caused the line of the Messiah, the line of Your Son Jesus Christ to come down to us on this earth that He might lay His life down on the cross for us and redeem us, His bride. We are so blown away by You. We love You so much. We pray You would increase our passion for You and our love for You today as a result of hearing Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I also want to just lift up a prayer. There's there's so many folks in our church who have just been sick or who have parents who are really sick and have been visiting the hospital a lot lately. And um, pray for the, the sick in our church and also pray for financial strain that, that comes upon sometimes families of the sick. Um, I pray, pray specifically for my dad. He had a fall the other day and and uh, I had to take him into the emergency room yesterday. And uh, me and my sister were there with him throughout the day with my mom. And it uh, looks like he's going to be released today, thank God. But it was definitely a, a scare for us all. And, and we all are feeling our need for Jesus. Aren't we? The line of Christ. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing on the, the people in our church who are really in great need right now. Lord, we, we also lift up the sick in need of healing. We pray for, Lord, financial strain on those who are recovering. We ask, God, that You would bless them. Bless them in Christ. Bless them, Lord God, and relieve the stress, Holy Spirit. I pray You would heal and comfort, restore, renew. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thanks, church. Um, We're going to look at three points uh, this morning. The first point is bought. The second point is remembered. And the third point is redeemed. So bought, remembered, and redeemed. Let's uh, look at Ruth chapter 4. It's so wonderful that the line of Christ came down to us through uh, godly Ruth and godly Boaz. This marriage story is a beautiful story of a, a woman whose reputation uh, as John was speaking about good repute, Ruth became a woman of good repute in Israel very quickly through her faithfulness and love to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and to her family, and also leaving the, the foreign land of Moab, the Gentile land that she grew up in, and leaving her gods, and, and, and instead following the God of Israel, and following Naomi, her mother-in-law, who also followed the God of Israel. And she, she became a woman of great faith and, and renown in Israel. And it's so wonderful here that she was sort of unknown in, in the earlier chapters of Ruth, but by the end of Ruth 4, you've got the, the daughters of Israel and the, the women of Israel pronouncing blessing on her and blessing on Naomi for how God has blessed them. And so this story is of a woman of godly character 
being brought together with a man also of godly character named Boaz. And it's a wonderful, beautiful love story. And you see Boaz, he promises at the end of chapter 3 that he will redeem or he will marry Ruth. And, and he told her that he had to go and talk to the Redeemer who was first in line ahead of him. So he didn't bypass the Redeemer who was first in line. He trusted God and he acted honestly and he went and talked to that Redeemer. And Naomi said, he will not rest until the matter is settled today. And, and Naomi was exactly right. She knew Boaz's character. And we see that Boaz was, was good on not only making a promise, but on following through. He also kept his word. And he did his duty right away as a godly man does. He didn't linger um, on the issue, but went and immediately talked with the Redeemer first in line, which we read just a moment ago in the earlier verses of Ruth chapter 4. This transaction that takes place is in accordance with the laws of Israel at that time when, it, when a man died and he had a widow who was there. There was a kinsman redeemer who would come and, and who would come and, and marry the widow and would perpetuate the memory of the man who died. And in this case, Malon, Naomi's son, and Naomi married to Elimelech, their son, Malon, was married to Ruth while they were in Moab. And Malon and Chilion, his brother, died while they were in Moab. And you remember the story with Ruth and Orpah, who were both widows. Orpah returned to Moab and to her gods, the Scriptures say in Ruth. But, but Ruth turned and followed her mother-in-law, Naomi, said, your people will be my people and your God my God. And in that wonderful, glorious declaration of faith from this woman who was going to a foreign country that she had never known before, trusting God and the God of Israel. And she sees in this chapter her trust in Him was not in vain because God was so good to do just such a beautiful work here in the marriage that He brought together between her and the Israelite Boaz. Her reputation as a woman of God preceded her. And his reputation as a godly man preceded him. And when God brings a couple together like that in the covenant of marriage, that both love the Lord, how beautiful, how beautiful it is indeed. And the first point is bought bride. Bought bride. And the reason I use this expression, bought bride, is because this takes place, this marriage, through a financial transaction where Boaz actually buys the fields and the property of Elimelech and of Naomi and of her two sons, Malon and Chilion. And in that transaction, he also acquired Ruth as his wife. In that way, he was the kinsman redeemer. Naomi and Ruth were really destitute. They were amongst the poorest of the poor in Israel. And that's why... Ruth was in the fields of Boaz gleaning from the barley and wheat harvest behind the harvesters just so she could get enough food at the end of the day to put in her and Naomi, her mother-in-law's mouth. And it's so beautiful, the love and the faithfulness that Ruth shows to her, but she's, she's destitute and she has no prospects for the future, but God is looking out for her. And providentially, we saw the Lord moving in mysterious ways to bring her specifically into the fields of Boaz. And here it, it, it moves and culminates in this wonderful, beautiful marriage where this 
transaction takes place with the first redeemer taking off his sandal and making the pledge that he's not going to redeem and marry Ruth. But in fact, Boaz was free to do so. And then the elders of Israel looked and confirmed that. And this very day, this takes place. But there's this great expression, and I love what takes place here. He says he buys he buys Ruth as his bride. I love the, the way that that takes place in the first uh, verses of chapter 4. And he, he talks about, if you look there in verse 7, this was the custom. They drew off one sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. And then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and to Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife. I have bought to be my wife. I, I was just reflecting on that expression, brothers and sisters. Thinking about how powerful of a connection it makes to our Lord Jesus Christ. And how He also bought us to be His bride. Christ bought His bride with His blood. Boaz bought Ruth and the property in kindness. She had nothing to bring into the marriage but her poverty. And we bring nothing, brothers and sisters, into the marriage between the church and Jesus Christ except our sin. And Christ died for our sins and sacrifices Himself and sheds His blood to purchase us as His beloved bride. What did He see in us? What did He see? It's all for the praise of His glory and grace. It's nothing in us. It's not because of our merit. It's not because of what we brought. It's simply because of the grace and the mercy of God. Christ bought His bride with His blood. Acts 20, verse 28 in the NAS has this beautiful expression. It says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which He purchased with His own blood. Christ purchased His bride, the church, the church of God, with His own blood. The ESV uses the word obtained, but the majority of translations use the word purchased with His blood. And then in 1 Peter 1, 18-19, the Word says, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. Oh, but listen to this church. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, we were not bought by perishable things such as silver or gold. Boaz, out of his wealth, spent and purchased and purchased Ruth as his bride, as the kinsman redeemer did. But I was thinking of Jesus Christ. All the money in the world would not have made it possible for you and I to be forgiven of our sins. Christ purchased His bride through His blood and death. 
which paid the ransom price of our redemption. Church, marvel at the glory of the Gospel where Jesus, richer, infinitely richer than Boaz, for our sake, He became poor to make us richer than Ruth walking into this marriage with nothing financially and having now one with Boaz all the riches of this man and his household and his properties. And what a great transfer and what a great change happened in her life today. But brothers and sisters, it is nothing in comparison to the riches spiritually that we have been given. Like Tom mentioned so well in worship today, we are on the receiving end of an eternal redemption through faith in Jesus Christ and His blood and righteousness. Amen? We are a bought bride. One Christian writes, Peter points out that Jesus was the true Lamb of Passover. The Lamb's blood protected the Israelites in Egypt and led to their redemption from slavery. In the same way, Jesus' blood redeems us from our debt of sin and the death we deserve because of it. Through His death, Christ bought us as His people, but not just to set us free. Oh, listen to this. Instead, like a husband taking a wife, He redeemed us out of His great love so that we could have an intimate relationship with Him. The scene in Revelation is the vision of the Lamb, Christ, who had died and rose again, finally taking His bride, the people He loved as His own, to live together forever. Oh, so let there not be any thoughts of of a cold heaven where a transaction has taken place and we are brought up into heaven and we're set free, but there's now just this distance between us and our great bridegroom, Jesus Christ. No. Our eternity will be filled with intimacy and closeness beyond anything that we could ever experience here in this fallen world, of which marriage at its most intimate here is only a mere pale comparison and pointer to we... Brothers and sisters, the church, the bride of Christ, we will enjoy heaven with Christ forever as the bride of Christ, His church, having been bought by His blood and redeemed not only for us to be set free from sin, Satan, and death as we have been, but we have been redeemed from that and redeemed to a oneness and an intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're going to savor and enjoy forever, in which the greatest pleasures in this life are only a small pale point or two compared to the joys and pleasures and closeness we will experience with the Lord Jesus all throughout eternity in heaven. Let us give our entire lives over to pursuing this deep, close, intimacy in our personal relationship with the Lord now. Draw closer to Him and love Him as He is worthy to be loved. Let us all have this intimate relationship where the two become one flesh. Because when we trust in Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, we are united to Christ by faith. 
And we are now all one in Christ Jesus, united together with Him, purchased by His blood, and now co-heirs and brought into His own family circle. This is our kinsman Redeemer. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is our covering. He has clothed us with His righteousness when before we were naked and destitute and we had nothing to stand before the holiness of God with. Now, Christ has been and is our covering. Christ not only died for us, but He also lived for us. Clothing us with the righteousness He earned during His sinless life. Christ also brings us, as we've been looking at in Ruth chapter 2 and 3, He brings us under the protection of His wings. His church. And you see the longing of the Lord Jesus to gather Israel together underneath His wing like a hen does its chicks, but Israel was not willing. But it's a picture of the closeness and the intimacy, the love, the family love of a mother hen and its little chicks underneath of the wings of the protective hen. And it reminds you of the beautiful expression of Jesus in John chapter 10 when Jesus makes this promise. No one will be able to snatch you out of My hand. Jesus has you. He has Me. And that means rest. That means protection. That means riches. That means oneness. Intimacy. That means favor. Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12 says this, But let all who take refuge in You rejoice. Let all who come underneath His wing rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. And look at this. David writes, And spread Your protection over them that those who love Your name may exult in You. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. Listen to this. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Receive that into your own soul this morning, beloved. God in Christ has covered you in favor as with a shield. This is our God. We are a bought bride. And we are forever blessed because of it. The second point is remember. Remember. This ceremony of the kinsman redeemer purchasing the property of Elimelech and, and Naomi and her two sons and, and Ruth really just settles all of their financial problems. And now they inherit and they become one with all of Boaz's riches. And it's, it's a beautiful picture also, not only of the provision of Christ in our own lives that comes with salvation, but this principle in the Scriptures of God caring about His people who have died and have gone on to be with the Lord. This custom in Israel was meant to perpetuate the remembrance of the name of Elimelech and his son Malon. And I just can't help but think of how kind God is to institute this in Israel so that the dead might be remembered who have gone before us. It affects me and moves me. And it reminds me of Jesus when He was 
on the cross when the sinner who was dying next to him just said right before he died, remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Brothers and sisters, it's a glorious thing, but when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation promises us, your name is written in the book of life. You are remembered. You are remembered. What good news! You can be forgotten by all the world, but if you trust in Christ, you are always remembered by Him. And that is all that matters. You are not forgotten. Matthew Henry writes of this, Men are ready to seize opportunities for increasing their estates, but few know the value of godliness. Such are the wise men of this world whom the Lord charges with folly. They attend not to the concern of their souls, but reject the salvation of Christ for fear of marring their inheritance. But God, but God did Boaz the honor to bring him into the line of the Messiah, while the kinsman, who was afraid of lessening himself and marring his inheritance, has his name, family, inheritance forgotten. But here we have Malon and Chilean and Elimelech being remembered because the kinsman redeemer steps up and doesn't give way of thinking selfishly that I can't mar my own inheritance by marrying Ruth the Moabite, so you need to do it. And Boaz does. He sacrifices himself to bring Naomi and bring Ruth into his household meant self-sacrifice. But we see this beautiful expression here, and Henry touches in on it, that Boaz is remembered as well as Elimelech and Malon and Chilion. This goes on. The Spazer's Bible commentary says, to the Jewish people and to the writer of the book of Ruth as a Jew, genealogy was of more account than to us. And a place in David's ancestry appears as the final honor of Ruth for her dutifulness, her humble faith in the God of Israel. Orpah is forgotten. She remained with her own people and died in obscurity. But faithful Ruth lives distinguished in history. She takes her place among the matrons of Bethlehem and the people of God. The story of her life, says one, stands at the portal of the life of David and at the gates of the Gospel. Isn't that awesome? I love that expression. The story of Ruth's life stands at the portal of the life of David and at the gates of the Gospel. This poor, destitute woman who brought nothing but her own poverty to the table was bought. She was a bought bride, and as a bought bride, she ends up being the means by which God brings His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, down to earth to save us and to save the world. What a beautiful, beautiful story. And what a reminder that in trusting Christ, yes, in this world you will have trouble. And it was the great unknown for Ruth to follow Naomi and to go to Israel. And it was not hard to labor in the hot fields under threat. She probably might have had more prosperity back in Moab, back with her mom and dad. 
but she lived a life of faith and was remembered. Whereas Orpah returned to her gods, her false gods, and was forgotten. Brothers and sisters, let us live our lives for the audience of one. To be remembered by Him. Let us do all we do. Not to be seen by the eyes of man, but it's an act of obedience to faith. Knowing that when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are remembered. And God sees to it that our name is perpetuated in Israel. And not that that should ever be anything we strive for. But how glorious is it that God looks out for that and takes care of that? I love the way Ruth's life stands at the gates of the Gospel. For she brought forth the promised seed of the woman who would one day crush the head of the serpent. Jesus Christ came down to us through her. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise in Genesis 3 and in Genesis 12 when the Lord says to Abram that through him and his offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So because Moabite Ruth goes to Israel, Moab gets a Savior. Her faith and her departure from the false gods of Moab secures that a Redeemer would come and that there would be representatives amongst the Moabites in the new heavens and new earth forever and ever. What a glorious picture of the fruitfulness of saving faith and the difference that that makes. I, I love one more point in relation to remembrance. It talks about in verse 13 and 14. Look at this with me. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And then the women said to Naomi, look at this, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. Who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. No, He has not left you without. He has remembered you, Ruth. He has remembered you, Naomi. And He has visited you with this blessing. Because He is the Lord who does not forget His people even when they are in poverty. And even when they are destitute, He is working to move to provide for them in ways that they cannot even imagine. And far surpass anything they can even dream of. How glorious it is to be loved by the Lord. Matthew Henry writes of this, Ruth bore a son through whom thousands and myriads were born to God. And in being the lineal ancestor of Christ, she was instrumental in the happiness of all that shall be saved by Him. Even of us Gentiles, as well as those of Jewish descent, she was a witness for God to the Gentile world that He had not utterly forsaken them. He hadn't forgotten but that in due time they should become one with His chosen people and partake of His salvation. Prayer to God attended the marriage and praise to Him attended the birth of the child. And brothers and sisters, I get so excited looking at this. And, and uh, the final point here is redeemed. I, I, what a beautiful, joyous story. This, this image of Naomi. Naomi in verse 16 Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. Oh, beyond her wildest dreams from what she could have remembered when she first returned in Israel back in chapter 1 and she was saying to the daughters of Israel and the women of Israel, 
who barely could even recognize her because of how weather-beaten and beaten down she was by trial and suffering, having been a widow and and also losing her two sons and coming back with this Moabite daughter-in-law. She was destitute in her own mind. There was no hope of salvation. There was no hope of deliverance. There was no hope that there would ever be a happy day again. I was talking to a brother in Christ this past week and he was saying that the trials had been so bad in his life recently. He was saying that him and his wife looked at each other and he said, will we ever be happy again? Life in this fallen world is like that. We will go through many sufferings and many trials like Naomi did and like Ruth did. Christ Community Church, my brothers and sisters, let us fix our eyes on Jesus and remember that God is always working behind the scenes, a glorious and beautiful plan that goes beyond our wildest dreams. And He's moving in ways that we cannot see, in mysterious ways, in wondrous ways. Things planned long ago, and we're looking at our lives and looking in a mirror, wondering how in the world could God ever do anything with this? This awful circumstance in my life. And meanwhile, God is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And the women who were earlier looked almost upon her with scoffing at Naomi and said, is this Naomi? Are now saying to her with joy, this grandson of yours? shall be a restorer of life. They spoke better than they even knew. Because little baby Obed wouldn't just be the grandfather of David, but he would be the great, great, many times over great grandfather to the Lord Jesus Christ, (laughs) who is the true restorer of life, church. And is the true, true nourisher of all of us in our old age. He won't leave us even in our old age. And He is with us in our youth. When everybody else forgets and everybody else moves away and everybody else is gone, our faithful Lord and Savior will not forget us. He will be there with us when all earthly fellowship fades. The Lord will be with us. The Lord will be with you. He is your rock. He is your Redeemer. And He is mine. And aren't you so glad that we've got such a wonderful Savior in Him? In Ruth 4.17, the Word of God says, And the women of the neighborhood gave Him a saying, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. Naomi the destitute becomes Naomi the grandmother and the happy grandmother at that. She becomes his nurse. And she's given a continuation of her family tree in a way that she laments back in chapter 1 that even if I got married right now and had a son for you, Ruth and Orpah, how in the world would I ever be able to perpetuate this line But with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible, Naomi. So enjoy that grandson on your lap that nobody thought was even possible, including you. But look at what God has done in this miracle. And then this little grandson, not only is he just for your temporal enjoyment, 
He is for the salvation of your eternal soul. God is working far beyond what any of us can even dream or imagine in the daily circumstances and difficulties that perplex us and that we cannot figure out why God is doing what He's doing. He's doing wonderful things. Things planned long ago. Brothers and sisters, we have been bought. We have been remembered. We have been redeemed. Not by perishable things such as silver or gold. By the precious blood of Christ. Our kinsman redeemer who was born a little baby through the seed of the woman Mary, another poor woman whom God brought the salvation of the world through. God is moving. God is using you. God is doing a glorious work. Do not fear, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Lord, I pray that she would be as a restorer of life to my brothers and sisters in this room, Holy Spirit. I pray that You would be a nourisher. A nourisher to everyone in their old age and in their youth. Strengthen. Heal the afflicted. Holy Spirit, move in power to save souls. Apart from You, there is no Redeemer. Apart from You, there is no Savior. Lord, no amount of money could ever deliver us from our sins. That is why You sent Your own Son. He shed His blood. His perfect, spotless blood to atone for our sins and to redeem us that we might have eternal life. We love You so much, Lord God. And we thank You for all that You've done for us. Be glorified in our lives, even as You were glorified in Ruth's life, and in Naomi's life, and in Boaz's life. Thank You, Lord God, that we are Your bought bride, and that we will one day very soon enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb, where You will serve us at table with Your nail-scarred hands. We can't wait to be there with You. We can't wait when we see Your face as we sung earlier. We love You so much and we're grateful for all You've done for us. I pray everybody would believe in You in this room. Everybody would repent and trust in You in this room and turn and have light. And for my brothers and sisters, strengthen them today in the midst of all they're going through. In Jesus' name, Amen. He is so, so very good. Is He not? I'm so thankful for Him. Church, why don't we take a, a brief break. We'll send our, uh, we'll go and retrieve our children from Children's Ministry. We're going to transition to our members meeting in about uh, five or ten minutes.
and uh, reconvene here, and we'll begin in about uh, five or ten minutes. Thank you.